1: This is, with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 87. Any great 87s in your memory, Rick? But Art Barian. Art Barian. How about Dwight Clark? Shout out to Dwight Clark. Or Reggie Wayne, or some guy named Gronkowski. Oh, by the way, I should mention, um, I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman, of course. The 85 Podcast, I gave a shout out to Art Monk, but as someone mentioned in the comments, Art Monk was actually 81 in Washington, but when he played for the Jets... Also 81. And then he played for Debo's Eagles. He was actually 85 then. So was, 85 st- sounded weird at the time. He actually was primarily 81.
2: So you basically trying to cover your tracks and you were lucky that he had 85 on his end of his career.
1: That is correct. You were correct. Also, uh, you know, give Debo the Eagles shout out whenever we can. All right. Today's Tuesday, Rick. You know what that means. Time for our favorite segment, pop or drop, where we highlight some of the top performances from last week's college games. And we're going heavy on the wide receivers today including the name submitted as a five-star review. So, look, we know who wide receiver one is, but wide receiver two is wide open. And a lot of these names we'll be talking about are squarely in the running. We'll also rank our top five NFL rookie performances from week five. And, uh, Rick, I feel like Jalen Carter might win the the league MVP, not just defensive rookie of the year at this point. Uh, how do you feel about Jalen Carter's progress through five weeks?
2: There, he's progressing nicely.
1: <laughs> he is progressing nicely. If uh, And we'll talk about the rookie quarterbacks as well. If Bryce Young were progressing at the rate at which Jalen Carter was progressing, he would already be in the Hall of Fame. Let's just start with that. All right. Got to do it every every uh, episode, Rick. If you're watching us on the old YouTube. NFL on CBS, you can see on um, the official with the first pick draft countdown clock.
2: It's not actually a clock. It's actually card Jabot at the craft store. <laughs> hey, listen,
1: you're pulling behind the curtain. I look like the I'm like Debo's Wizard of Oz. Now you put the curtain back where it's supposed to be. How many days we got?
2: We have 198 days until the 2024 <laughs> NFL draft. And ever since that two turned to a one, I'm starting to panic. There's so many guys to still get through. It's
1: I'm like telling you, day, man, that clock days. is moving fast.
2: I don't know. I just It's just uh, mind-boggling how fast it goes before we'll be uh, in uh, Detroit uh, is where the draft is this year, I believe. And yeah,
1: actually – yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna uh, hold up at the Chris Spielman uh, estate you know
2: from his basement. He's got a really nice basement. I bet he does. Okay.
1: <laughs> if uh, if I know the Spielmans, they're not messing around with the.
2: Or, with the when I went up there, we can actually do it from the facility, from the owner's suite. Jeez, Debo,
1: there you go. Make a note of that, Debo.
2: And we have to wear lion's gear. Is that part of the deal? No, there's a big giant lion in the background. <laughs>
1: Uh, by the way, before we get going, I know Debo has, has said told you politely not to turn in your homework early. Debo, do you have any thoughts on Rick refusing to follow instructions and keep turning his homework in?
3: I'm trying to get this guy out on the pickleball <laughs> courts. I'm trying to get him out on the golf course, and he just refuses to help himself out.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, I was like I panicked when I got home uh, yesterday from driving across Alligator Alley again. And then I was like, oh, my God, we have all this homework to do. So I, I uh, saw my wife, I gave her a kiss and a swim move and went right to the... Uh, the swim move. Yeah. You put the old yeah. swim move on. See ya. Gotta go. <laughs>
1: you put gave her the Jalen Carter swim move. Uh, we'll talk about Jalen Carter in a second because that game against the the Rams, was that was fun to watch unless you were uh, an offensive lineman for the Rams. By the way, later in the week, we're going to do another mock draft, but this time it's going to be a live one. It's going to be me and Rick, of course. We'll be joined by Josh Edwards, the CBS Sports Draft Analyst, and we'll be doing... Alive, my mock draft. Make the picks in real time. Rick, what's the over-under, the number of quarterbacks you think go in the first round on Thursday?
2: Well, I don't know what you yahoos are going to pick after uh, Mays and uh, Williams, Caleb Williams. So it'll be interesting to see which one of you start reaching for a quarterback as we go down the list. We're at uh, trying to work through it right now. But uh, right now, I don't know if there's another quarterback that I would feel comfortable with. Going in the first round, maybe at the bottom, there'll be some people starting to scramble a little bit to get that fifth year option. Uh, but right now, I don't know. It's uh, wide open.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be. I, I I wonder if a third one's going to go in the top 10 after the first two, because there are a bunch of teams in the top 10. Need I to bet
2: you would have said at this time last year, if we would did it, if Debo would have had the foresight to start mm-hmm. this podcast before we did it in November that there's no one of Josh or me or you that probably would have had Anthony Richardson going as high as he went at this point during the season.
1: Yeah. I'll go back and look cause I was doing mock drafts with, with some frequency last year. Luckily not so much this year. I'll go back and look and, and see what I was doing around this time because you know, he had the strong game against Utah to open it and then things went South for him in terms of consistency. Um, But, yeah, no, you're right. We'll talk about him in a a minute as well. So, by the way, if you missed it last Thursday, Rick and I talked about the aforementioned Caleb Williams and possible landing spots after a month of NFL football. And, man, there are some teams playing some bad ball right now in the NFL that are going to be scraping uh, for the right to draft Caleb. And, part, you know, we talk about tanking and it gets you all fired up, Rick. But part of me wonders if there was a way to make it sort of like relegation in the EPL where obviously relegation the final two teams get relegated final Great. three teams get
2: relegated learn a game
1: oh the final three get relegated the the top two in the championship get promoted that's what happens no it must be the top three either way my point is this so I wonder if there's a way to encourage teams like if you're the, if you finish with the third worst record you somehow have a lottery to win I'm trying to do the math because if you're just bad you're bad but anyway the point is there're gonna be five four or five teams in the running for Caleb Williams. And there's some teams playing some not great football right now. And I don't know if it's going to fix itself anytime soon. Anyway, check that out the old podcast feed. When we are hear us talk about Caleb Williams and potential landing spots. And finally, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast, nominate an FBS or FCS college player. And we'll evaluate his draft prospects. In fact, Rick, I don't know if you know this Debo informs me next week. We're going to, going to empty out the, the old five-star mailbag and, and, Review all the guys still left. Those Uh,
2: guys in the mailbag still.
1: So guys, left five-star prospects we haven't reviewed yet. So we're going to go through those guys.
2: They're five-star, not the coming out of high school. They're five-star because if you give us a five-star rating, we will actually sit and do the work to evaluate that that player that you a five-star. Not the player is a five star rating, but the podcast was a five star yeah, rating. Yeah, that's
3: right. So we it have might uh, be five stars, though. Like they could have been five stars. Yeah. could be both.
2: Yeah, but that's what's so confusing. And if we is have uh, the correct, I <laughs> uh, may be doing something other than if you have a favorite prospect out there that would you like us to review? We can come up with a fancy name other than five star because it's so confusing. It's confusing to the people watching this. It's confusing to me every week. No. I go back and see where he came. Was he a five-star prospect or not? When he came out, it's just all over the place. You know what
1: this is? This is a function of you not having to do anything the last 30 years. You're having someone to do everything for you, including punch the buttons on your, your pewter, as you call it. Because if we don't tell the people to leave a five-star review, they won't leave a five-star review. We come with some fancy name, and they're like, well, okay. Here are the names, and then we don't get anything out of it.
2: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll work on that. I, we'll I, work I, on it. I, I, after the draft next year, I yeah. will help Debo kind of formulate some of these shows and what actually we should be calling this stuff.
1: Okay, that's a great idea. I think well, I'll be uh,
3: in I'll be in Italy for a few months. <laughs> Catch up with me next September <laughs>
2: when, when you get back.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I yeah. can't wait for summer scouting school. <laughs>
1: I know. Yeah, who's keeping one? Oh gosh. All right, let's go. All right, that's it. Leave us a five star review, please. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube to help spread the word about the podcast. It is go time, Rick. We're talking about First up, pop or drop. And like I said, we're talking wide receivers. We're going all in. Uh, Maryland gave Ohio State a little little fight there, and Ryan Day was visibly frustrated for the first 45 minutes of that game with the lack of offensive productivity. They got things going there down the stretch. Marvin Harrison did Marvin Harrison things. Eight receptions, 163 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Mika Buka went for three, catches 40 yards. Not quite the, the production, but you can sort of see what he does well. and We'll start there. Marvin Harrison's wide receiver one, and then after that, we'll be having the wide receiver two conversation. Are you still of the opinion, or maybe you never were of this opinion, but Amika Buka, is he a better prospect than Jackson Smith and Jigba? Uh,
2: I would say because he's faster, yes.
1: You like him a little more. Okay. yes. He, he looks to be bigger on tape. He looks to be a little twitchier on tape, although Jackson Smith and Jigba's short area is really good, and we saw that time and time again no, when no he was healthy.
2: Sure. And What's that? I don't know about twitchier, but this kid is well-built an opportunity to sit down with him so he was he's very well-built kid very very high character uh everything you want off the field he checks all the boxes
1: so plays both outside and in the slot he had 20 kick returns of 21 as a freshman had 11 last year punt returns excuse me and he is also a punt return dude this year how much does that weigh into the evaluation is he going to be doing that in the nfl
2: Yeah, well, I think he's more of a safe punt returner than a game-breaking punt returner. Okay. Put him back there. Um, But, you know, he uh, made his hay in that Notre Dame game. Uh, Didn't have as many opportunities uh, this last game against Maryland. It was the Marvin Harrison show. Um, So, but he is – and then they have another, a third receiver there that's more of a down-the-line guy, but showing up is uh, Fleming. Uh, I believe he's number four that also – showing up on the field on the film as well.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, let me see. I'm going to say this and tell me what you think. I like his game, but I have yet to be blown away, and not necessarily in the same way that Marvin Harrison blows you away, because Marvin Harrison blows you away, but we've seen guys like Malik Naber blow us away.
2: To say that when you're watching him and Marvin Harrison, and Marvin Harrison may be one of the top receiver prospects or top offensive player prospects that's come out in a long time that they're on the same field together. So maybe he gets overshadowed some than if he were at a different place. But when you watch him and you watch his ability to catch, his ability to accelerate, he makes big plays now yeah. when he's on the line as well. So don't get enamored with Marvin Harrison all the time. Make sure you give a true and fair evaluation to uh, Egbuka.
1: Yeah, it's easy to say, don't get enamored with Marvin Harrison. I mean, you have to basically gouge your eyes out because if you see him, you're well, if
2: you watched the first couple of games, you weren't enamored with him.
1: Yeah, but you talked about that, about how he was frustrated in the quarterback play. And that's the other thing, watching, the, and that's something important to remember. When you watch the quarterback, uh, McCord, what's his I can never remember his name, McCord. McCord. Yeah. And he's young, and that Notre Dame game was a turning point for him, I felt like, but he compared, oh my gosh, especially compared to CJ Stroud, which probably is unfair to him. He doesn't throw on time. C.J. was consistently on time, and that's a problem when you're running routes and you expect the ball to be there, say, in the first window, and it's not there.
2: He's getting better.
1: Yeah, no, game. I agree, but I'm saying he's not what they had last year.
2: No, no. And I wouldn't have said C.J. Stroud's first game against Minnesota. You keep bringing that up. versus <laughs> with uh, Justin <laughs> Fields. You just got to give – what do you say? got to
1: give a brother a chance to warm up. <laughs> Don't erase those notes. Keep those notes. That's what he told you. We got to start playing that clip every time he brings up that game, Debo. Um, Okay, so we feel good about Amika. We feel great about Marvin. Abuka is still a first-rounder for you? Yes. Okay, we'll come back after we go through this list, and we'll see how you rank these guys in terms of wide receiver, two, where that running looks like. All right, let's go to LSU, where uh, Malik Neighbors continues to dominate. Six catches, 146. I mean, it feels like he's doing this every week. And sort of when I said Ibuka doesn't flash as often, a lot of the time that's because Marvin's the target. But Neighbors is flashing often, (laughs) and he's flashing impressively.
2: Yeah, no, he's uh, closing that gap pretty quick. And I have to give credit to the quarterback at LSU, Daniels, because he lights out as well. And all of a sudden, he's starting to uh, creep up. Uh, into people's minds uh, when you throw him in that mix of quarterbacks that we have to eventually sort out at the end here. But Neighbors has been electric, uh, especially through these last three or four games. Seems like he's always making plays, and he seems like the go-to guy for Daniels. they got a great chemistry and rapport together. So uh, Neighbors, I think, is starting to close the gap on Igbuka.
1: Also, if you're saying that, I would assume that you think he's going to go among the top 32 because he's
2: yes, playing. It'll be a first yeah. rounder for sure.
1: All right, let's talk about Xavier Worthy then, who is undersized when compared to Ibuka and neighbors, but he he looks doesn't look slight of frame to me on tape. Maybe you feel differently, but again, he continues to make play after play. I know you were worried about the focus drop or focus drops earlier in the season. and Maybe you, you've come around on that. We'll see. A catches 108 versus Oklahoma in the loss. Quinn were started slow and then got warmed up, had some bad interceptions early. Our guy Dylan Gabriel does not care. He's going to be the best player in college football when it's all said and done. But what were your takeaways from Xavier Worthy in that game?
2: Yeah, no, he's continuing to get better. I think he's gotten stronger this year. He has not dropped the ball uh, like he did last year in some of the tapes I've seen. And there's no question about uh, his speed and his ability with the ball in his hands after the catch. And he looks bigger because he wears three pairs of tube socks. that's right. That's your
1: theory. (laughs) (laughs) He's got big calves. What's going on there? Uh, Yeah. And, all right, is he in the same conversation top 32-wise?
2: I think he's borderline still.
1: Okay. And your concerns are what? Size?
2: Yeah. But it's like, does he end up being an Addison-type player where – he gets into the bottom of that first round if he continues to go the way he's going.
1: And another thing that seems to be a, a trend in the NFL, and tell me what you think about this. We've sort of talked about it before. Tank Dell goes higher than expected. Trey Turner goes higher than expected. These smaller ish, quote unquote, wide
2: receivers go higher. But tank Dell is built like true. a tank. He just said.
1: Yeah. But is there a move towards not being so concerned I about these
2: smaller? More and more the evolution of the smaller, quicker, faster receiver. Yeah seeing how these guys are coming in and making an impact in the NFL because of the way the offenses are now, maybe five years ago, not as much, but now with the three wide uh, sets all the time and these offensive coordinators getting creative with how they get the ball in these guys' hands and letting them go do what they do.
1: Yeah, because Jordan... Addison might have been six feet, or just a hair under, but slight of frame, I think, was the yeah. the issue that you're talking about. And he ran a slow four four seven. He didn't look slow in Minnesota.
2: No, he's been playing. So I had a real good, and we'll talk about. He'll be one of the rookies we talk about.
1: So why do we keep falling for that? Why do we keep falling for the Brian Branches forty times and the Addison forty times and letting us affect what we saw on tape?
2: Why do you say we?
1: Well, you said if you run a four six, that's a problem.
2: That is a problem, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brian Berkson, Brian Branch went a four five eight. he plays much faster,
2: that's yeah, it. yeah, you're talking about a four six receiver. That's a different cat,
1: okay. And, and to in your defense, you were never really concerned about Brian Branch what he ran because we saw how he played, but it it's affecting somebody because he fell to the second round,
2: yeah. no, we I mocked him. I think we mocked him in the first round the whole consistently, 150, yeah. yeah. hundred and fifty mock drafts it. That yeah, he, that's the so truth. That corrected.
1: <laughs> hey Debo, I was actually thinking about this. I feel like Rick Rick's gotten a little softer in his old age on the podcast. He's not quite as combative as as early on. What do you think about I that? I think
3: as we get closer to the draft, that will change. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Once he once he starts getting whipped up, whipped on, uh, whipped once up once on it. Calendar hits, you know, double digits. I, I think it, It's oh, yeah. a totally it's yeah. This
2: game on. Yeah, this, this game on. Days of the luxury of me being somewhat semi-nice, which is high, hard for me to accept. But I, uh, but as that thing gets below 100, then it'll be like face paint, paint <laughs> ankle paint, let's go.
1: You'll be like Putty on, uh, on Seinfeld getting ready for the hockey game. Uh, I think that the breaking point for last draft season, Debo, was when we were at uh, – I or Denny's late in Columbus. I had like a, a huge pancake dinner. And he got, that's all he could take. He couldn't take anymore. I was starving. <laughs> all right. Let's go to Alabama where uh, Jalen Milroe confirmed can throw the ball 200 yards. <laughs> he might be the best deep ball thrower in football history. He's got some other things to work on, but uh, I hadn't watched Jermaine Burton closely either this year or last other than just watching the games. And I was pleasantly surprised. He's a long strider. He's making contested catches downfield. I liked a lot of the things he was able to do. Now he's not going to be confused for the guys that came out of there in recent years, the Jerry Judy's and the the Devonta Smith's of the world. But I think he is a really good wide receiver who had a really good game, uh, for Alabama over the weekend.
2: I will tell you this. I watched him at Georgia, uh, then he entered the transfer portal, went to Alabama last year, uh, was okay, yeah. probably a Saturday pick, nothing spectacular. And then the jump he made from last year to this year has been incredible. He's been the receiver that I've seen so far that's made the biggest jump. Uh, he looks quicker. He looks faster. He has cleaned up his concentration drops. He is the only, in my opinion, true explosive playmaker on that Alabama offense right now. Yeah. Uh, he can separate down the field deep. He's doing a great job locating the ball over his shoulder. He had one drop on a uh, post route versus South Florida. Uh, and then he had the fumble here at the end of the Texas a and game. But other than that, this kid, run after catch, has been outstanding all year. And he, this is an example of a guy coming back to school when he was thinking about coming out and really probably moved up two or three rounds in the draft from where he was to what he's doing to date. And he's doing it with the inconsistent play of the quarterback position this year at Alabama. They went to two different starters, and then all of a sudden, you know, now they kind of settled in on who their quarterback's going to be. And uh, he has done an outstanding job, I thought, this year, battling through that you don't have Bryce Young. You don't have Tua, um, and him still being able to make plays and the way he's adjusting to the ball right now and how strong his hands are, he is much better uh, receiver than he was if we were talking about him last year at this time.
1: Yeah. No, I was pleasantly surprised. Sometimes you hear about a guy and you watch him and you don't understand what's going on, and other times you're like, oh, this is this is fun to watch, and I, I got that from him. Uh, his first reception was a go ball for 46 yards, contested catch down the right side, and then – Later in the game, he didn't have a 9 catches for 197 with two touchdowns. Uh, his eighth catch, his next-to-last catch, was that stutter go um, where he uh, beat the cornerback on the stutter go, and then he made a nice catch just before the safety came over and plastered him, held him to the ball. And that's what you want to see. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Jermaine no, Burton I mean, play. The
2: route after the catch and scored a second touchdown was pretty special. The what? The slant route. He caught a Oh, slant. okay. And then uh put his foot in the ground and split between two defenders and got it in the end zone. That's I'm just telling you, I, I know this kid very well. Um, like I said, I've studied him for three years and he has put himself, I don't know if he's in the first round conversation, but he is going to be, in my opinion, uh somewhere in the second to early third round the way he's playing right now.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys where you doesn't he sort of gets lost in the mix? But then you watch him, and you're like, oh, this makes sense. So let's, I'm gonna, we like to do clusters here based on the Rick Spielman draft guide, and I'm gonna cluster him with a couple other guys, and you can moan about it if you want I'm fine with that. Uh, let's talk with in the same conversation as uh, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, the Florida State wide receivers. Uh, who played against Virginia Tech. Coleman only went three for 22, and Johnny went four for 54, but he did have two touchdowns. Johnny Wilson feels less consistent than the other two guys. They're similar size-wise. Johnny Wilson's like 6'8". I think he's like 6'4", six 6'5". Six but they're, they're bigger wide receivers, different profiles in terms of physicality. But where would you sort of cluster those guys together if you're looking for a wide receiver?
2: As At this point, I would put uh, Burton right up there. I would put him ahead of Johnny Wilson and right in there with Coleman.
1: And I think Coleman's going to be – Bottom first, top second, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. I think Coleman's is probably a little more explosive, but I mean, it, it Burton has no trouble stacking cornerbacks when he's when he gets going.
2: And he's don't underestimate his speed. He's going to run fast.
1: Okay. He's a is it fair to say he's a build up speed guy?
2: He is a much faster receiver into and out of his cuts, much faster extending down the field than I thought he was the, the previous two years. I've watched him. It seems like he's going to run four fours when he, when he gets to his pre-draft process.
1: Oh, you know what a, a note I, I wrote down shows some wiggle at the top of the route to separate Twitcher that I gave him credit for coming into the season. Like you're cheating off my paper, Rick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you thought about him at Georgia two years ago. <laughs>
1: Uh, refer to Rick's notes for Georgia. All right. So Jermaine Burton and, ah, uh, geez, I forgot to, but let's go back and do these quickly. Marvin Harrison, pop or drop? Pop. Amika, he only went three for 40, but you get to do pop or drop.
2: I'm going to keep him a pop. They're all pop right now. There's, I didn't find one guy that dropped except maybe Coleman.
1: Okay. All right. So I just want to make sure I keep the scoreboard up because I am yep. negligent in doing that. A lot of these guys are balling well, out. So it. It is hard to
2: give him drops. Yeah. Worthy pop. Burton pop.
1: All right. Let's keep it going here. Here's the guy we haven't talked about at all at any point. Usually we're talking about Drake May. Sometimes maybe over the summer we talked about Nesbitt, their tight end. Josh Downs is the wide receiver that guy drafted and is now in Indianapolis.
2: Which will be a tease that we're going to talk about him and the uh, rookie year he's having that's been underrated.
1: Uh, Absolutely.
2: And, uh, a lot.
1: But we're going to go to Chapel Hill, talk about a young man named Nate McCollum. And they put the hurt on Syracuse, man. I mean, at no point was his game close. Nate McCollum, seven receptions, 135 against the Orange. Not great. Um, Plays in the slot primarily. Uh, He's transferred from Georgia Tech. Returned punts at Georgia Tech. And uh, had one kick, none yet, in Chapel Hill. What are your thoughts on, on... I do Nate McCollum there.
2: Uh, a little mixed. Um, I don't know. You seem to really like him, uh, but I have a little mixed feelings on him. I think he is. He's 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 short, but looks like he's <laughs> well-built. Um, he's quick to get in upfield up in his routes. He's a quick accelerator. I think for a little guy, he's a little tight in his hips.
1: And why do you just watch him getting in on a breaks as we'll get your attention. Yeah,
2: there? And then even some of the moves that once he gets full stride in the open field, I just see some tightness in his hips, uh, especially on any routes that have to go back to the quarterback whether Gotcha. That's a route, whether that's, a, you know, an out route, he just rounds out of those cuts, which bothers me a little bit. He is very good hands. Um, and he does have, uh, he can track the deep ball. I said, see the Minnesota game. I watched the Minnesota game. Uh, and he tracked a deep ball down there for a small guy. I just didn't think for a smaller guy, he was as electric as some of the tank dells that we talked about.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's right.
2: I didn't see that type of electric after the catch. Usually went down on the first contact and then, Smaller guys, I'd love to see if they can put their foot in the ground, avoid the elusiveness in space. And I think that's where I thought he was a little more straight line, hence the stiffness that I thought. Uh, Most of his production is underneath on option routes. Uh, He caught a seam route and a seven route for 34 yards in this last game against Syracuse. Another explosive play on the screen. One drop in a contested situation on a deep crossing route. I think he's a good player. I think that he is a little tight for me for a smaller receiver.
1: Yeah, and he had the touchdown. Or excuse me, the forty-seven yard catch that was just came up short on the little knot post there. Um, He's not Josh Downs in terms of the not as smooth. Not as smooth. I had him as a like a late fourth rounder, like day day three ish guy right now.
2: Yeah, good guess.
1: What what does that mean? Hmm. You agree with that or not? Yeah. No, I do. I, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, good guess. <laughs> oh, you're just saying good guess. Yeah. All right. Good guess indeed. All right. So yeah. Good day for Nate McCollum, seven for one thirty-five. He's um in the mix in terms of the the watch list. You see Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl. So hopefully he continues to have a good season. All right. I don't recognize this name Rice Rice. That sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, Jerry Rice, his son, Brendan Rice. Colorado transfer, as it turns out. Had a good game against the Buffs a few weeks ago. Came back against Arizona, four catches for 96 yards. So, Jerry Rice precedes you. You weren't you weren't in NFL back then when he came out. Yep. But the knock on him was that he was slow coming out. But he obviously is the best wide receiver to ever play the game. But I think in terms of athleticism, Brendan Rice is – tall wide receiver he's a long strider he's not particularly twitchy in my mind he's more of a possession receiver that finds ways to get open in zone coverages or he can use his body to, to shield defenders as he makes contested catches and I think he's really good at that I don't know how that translates to the next level though
2: yeah and the other thing I agree with everything that you said uh two things that I thought he did an excellent job from a intelligence or a savvy standpoint of when Caleb Williams scrambles, he knows how to go get open for the Mm. quarterback. He really does a great job adjusting his routes, trying to find an open area uh, for Caleb uh, Williams when he's scrambling. I just didn't think he was that dynamic of a playmaker with his ball in the hand after the catch. uh, You know, he got behind Arizona secondary and caught a deep seam. But he fell after the catch. That should have been a touchdown. Right. I think he's smooth with his double moves, very polished route runner. Uh, he can go over top of DB and make some uh, contested catches. I just don't think he is a, as you stated, a faster, real twitchy overall receiver, but a very good possession type, solid, steady Eddie receiver.
1: So I had uh, a late day three on him, and here's the caveat. Pukenikua. So is there any possibility that we see something like uh, that?
2: Here we go again. Now this is going to be everybody in day three is do you see like Puka in them. you see Puka in them. Oh my God. Get off used, the bandwagon.
1: It used to be uh, Tom Brady. Now it's Puka Nakua. Puka yeah, Nakua no, is Puka. the new Tom Brady. Puka. Puka. But my point is this, that we just sort of dismiss these guys. I'm not saying we're dismissing Brent Rice, but we dismiss certain physical characteristics or lack thereof where, you know,
2: if they thought, and I would say this to my scouts and myself included, if you thought he was going to be that good, why'd you wait till then to draft him?
1: Well, you yeah, had other draft needs. I don't know, <laughs> Ryan. What do you think
3: about this this conspiracy theory that I've developed? Rick Rick feels like currently he has the greatest fifth round wide receiver pick of all time, and
1: he's threatened uh, by no, Puka. Oh, that's what it is, Rick. <laughs> you hit the home run with Steph Diggs, and you don't want anyone messing up. Your legacy. Is that what we're hearing?
2: No. My legacy is all messed up. That's why I'm on <laughs> <a podcast.
1: laughs> Rick, you're a high school Hall of Famer. Let's not. If you want to go there, we can have that conversation. Debo can put up the picture of your high school senior portrait and all your awards. <laughs> <laughs> did
2: you have a mustache in high school? Uh, No. No, I was a handsome lad back then. Handsome but devil. I was either going into football or to some kind oh, of... Oh, there it
1: is. He put the picture up. Look what he did to you, Debo. <laughs>
2: and I didn't know which direction I was going. It was a tough decision.
1: Were you you a drama guy? No. Oh, you're just kidding. I
2: just felt that I always had that hidden underneath this. Yeah. Rugged good
1: looks and sensitive underneath. (laughs) Right. I love the feathered hairdo. That's something else. That's a throwback.
2: Yeah. And uh, what? October 20th, uh, our team, and I'm going to it, is going into the Southern Illinois Salukis Hall of Fame. Oh, your college team too? Yeah. Did you guys win the national title? We won the national title. Yep. Did we we talk about that? Who'd you beat? Uh, Western Carolina. Clyde Simmons played in that game. We played against Clyde Simmons was one.
1: Wow. Culloway, North Carolina.
2: Yes. Where was the game played? Uh, At the Citadel.
1: Interesting. Interesting. I'm surprised you didn't go to military school, if we're being honest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you see, like a military school you could you don't want to cut that that beautiful head of hair that's what it was
2: i did have uh sported the when i was the uh down in miami with the dolphins i sported the uh uh flat top oh there my gosh that. yes I was Bebo,
1: if you can fly, find the spielman flat
2: top oh <laughs> my god
1: <laughs> you were a grown man with a flat top
2: yeah i was going through phases in my life so. <laughs> <laughs> and she still stuck through it.
1: Oh, man. What a time to be alive. All right. Well, congratulations, man. You're getting all sorts of honors. Maybe we'll get an honor for the podcast and I can be a part of it.
2: Debo, co- co- do we get like a gold watch or a T-shirt or anything when we hit 100 or a million downloads or anything like that or just a uh, attaboy?
3: 100 million downloads and, and I'll get you a gold watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all you have to do is ask, Rick. All right, we were talking about Brendan Rice against Arizona. Let's talk about the young man on the other side of the field, Jacob Cowing, the wide receiver for Arizona against USC. Now, look, we've said from Jump Street, USC's defense is not where it's at, and they had a tough outing against the the Wildcats. Jacob Cowing did not have a tough outing. Ended up giving, ended up having four touchdowns in that game, and uh, he played primarily in the slot, and he played sort of a similar role to Nate McCollum out of UNC, who we just talked about. He's a little more dynamic. I felt like they got him the ball a lot in quick screens. Yep. Did, didn't run through a lot of arm tackles, and maybe that was just a function of this game. Uh, but they certainly focused on him a lot, got him the ball in space. I thought he showed a little wiggle at times when he was allowed to run downfield routes. He ran a lot of a lot of flat routes and out routes. Um, but he was a pleasant little surprise there.
2: Yeah, no, I was kind of – haven't seen him yet. So watching him, uh, he does – a he's the uh, bubble – and quick-screen king, to say the least. Uh, A lot of underneath routes, like you stated. thing that really stuck out, he's not strong, but his speed and his elusiveness really show up after the catch. I think he's a very fluid athlete. Uh, When you watch that USC game, he had a 21-yard touchdown and then a stutter go for 25 yards for another touchdown. Uh, They work him a lot on the underneath routes, and it's in this spread offense that they use um and he shows speed to to uh separate when he gets extended down the field he has a few drops on tapes which i think he needs to get cleaned up uh, a couple times not just in this game but just going back through all his games looks like he wants to run before he catches the ball use some as but very limited as a kickoff returner um but he was uh, one of those slot receivers that kind of showed up as a Saturday guy for me.
1: Yeah, and he he made the uh, the Week Six Breakout Players Shrine Bowl list, which uh, De- Debo dutifully tweeted out on the with the first pick podcast uh, Twitter account. And you mentioned the stutter go he had for the touchdown. They were playing off. Here are the here are the list of names. If you're watching uh, the Week Six guys, and we'll be talking about all these guys at some point. Uh, I'm talking about another guy on this list in, in a couple minutes, just ahead of Jacob Cowley there, Malachi Corley, five-star prospect and also a five-star prospect. But you talk about that stutter go. The cornerback was playing off, so he didn't bite on the stutter go. But I gave uh, Cowley a lot of credit for still high-pointing the ball before the DB could get his head around in the end zone, and that's noteworthy. Another thing I noticed, I want to ask you about this. You talked about the drops. It feels like when he has to get his hands away from his body, he struggles. He doesn't have natural hands. He feels like much more of a body catcher. And how do you deal with that when you're doing the evaluation process?
2: I thought he extended when he had to. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought the drops came. If you watch it, I went back a couple of times that his head's turning up the field before okay he catch.
1: So okay, I- so that's not a red flag or whatever color oh, flag for you. I mean,
2: the Drops are, but why is he dropping the ball? Gotcha. And mine were a couple of times. Um, He is looking upfield right as the ball comes to him and looking to run before he secures the catch.
1: All right. Nominated as a five-star prospect, Western Kentucky's Malachi Corley. He's been on the to-do list since the summer. Like, he hasn't really – he's not a surprise. He's been doing this for quite a while, and it just continues – he continues to dominate. And eight catches, 207 yards, three touchdowns against uh, Louisiana Tech, excuse me. And by the way, Louisiana Tech has a dude named Smoke Harris who we'll probably talk about at some point who's also in the bucket of undersized receivers who just make plays. But Malachi Corley, I wrote this comp down and I wrote it in pencil because I know you would get fired up and then I saw it a couple other places on the social media machine. What do you think the comp's going to be?
2: I know my comp. What's your comp? Mingo. It came out Ole Miss last year.
1: Well, you said shoot for the moon. I shot for the moon. I said Debo Samuel.
2: Come on. Did you really? He,
1: he, after the catch, he is an animal. What do you, I mean, would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. So you, I shot for the moon. You went a little more conservative. I wish Mingo were playing better right now and I would feel better about it. But coming out, I, I understand what you're saying. But he's a, he's not a big guy in terms of height. I think he's sub six feet, but he plays incredibly strong. He's like a running back with the ball in his hands. Now, look, Louisiana Tech. They weren't trying to tackle it, it looked like, half the time. But that's not his fault. Corley's just running right. through dudes. And I, I like the fact they get him involved often, and he's consistent, and he can't bring him down, and he feels like one of these guys. You, I mean, you put him in the 49ers offense, he's going to have a you know 2,000 receiving yards. But any offense, he's a guy you can rely on as a get the ball in his hands and let him do the rest.
2: Yeah, him or Puka. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there he is. That's how jokes work, Rick. All right, go ahead. Give me your mingo chat up for this guy.
2: Yeah, this guy looked like uh, he's built like a running back, very good athlete. Uh, he is quick for his size. I question his top speed from zero to 60 initially, but when he gets in the open field, he's like a build up speed guy. You can see his stride really. If you want a, a quick note, uh, run it in slow motion when he's running in a straight line. And usually if they can cover five yards in two strides, that means he's probably going to be under a four or five.
1: Uh, I like that. Five yards, two strides.
2: Five yards, two strides means under four or five. Like Uh, it. But he's a really good route runner, strong hands. um, He can adjust, do everything. The only thing that I really was disappointed in this kid was there were too many times that I thought when there were 50-50 balls for as big and as strong as he is, he needs to be more consistent going up and get those balls.
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: Um, A very strong runner after the catch. I mean, he trucked over some dudes in <laughs> the Ohio State game. He trucked over uh, Burke from Ohio State, who I think is really having an outstanding year as a corner, and he's been a really good hitter. But he got trucked over and he ran through some other defenders in the Ohio State game on a two-yard screen that they ran. Uh, Really good game versus Troy. Very very productive versus La Tech. The 70-yard screen for a touchdown, he trucked over a a DB there, a corner there. Uh, His speed showed up as the down is extended or later in a down. So that's where I started to see when he opened his stride as he covered in five yards and two steps. Got the 29-yard seam route for a touchdown and a 48-yard little shallow crossing route, which we refer to as a zero route. Broke a bunch of tackles there. This guy was a really good football player and a pleasant surprise when I watched him.
1: Look at that. That's positive. Positive right there. All right. I think, like, top of the second right now. Too much for you? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let me stack these guys for me. Jermaine Burton, Keon Coleman, Malachi Corman. We can throw Johnny Wilson in there if you want. Corley, excuse me.
2: Uh, I'm going to put him behind those guys, except I'm not a huge Wilson fan.
1: Okay, so you have him third on that list. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, it's going to be close, but I liked him. I I, I liked him. It sounds like you liked him a lot, too. But day two all day, right? Yes. All right, great. All right, there's another five-star review in the books. Keep them coming. All right, let's take a quick break, Rick, when we come back. We'll talk about these rookie quarterbacks and uh, have some thoughts about the top five rookie overall performances from week five.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: All right, Rick, you'll be happy to learn. <laughs> oh, there's the flat top. My God, look at that! You look like a a villain in a action fit in an action movie.
2: Ah, uh, yes, uh, I would. I would be back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're definitely the German villain in in like Die Hard or
2: something. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I will be back.
1: You look, you look the same though, which is crazy. This is that uh, mid nineties, late nineties. Uh,
2: this would be early two thousands.
1: Twenty years ago, look at you! What a handsome devil. Thank you. <laughs> same glasses though. You didn't update the glasses yet.
2: Nope, that's my look.
1: You never thought about getting like horn rims or something?
2: No, and I would never go with the school teacher accountant look that you have with your. Look glasses. at this guy! Look at oh
1: my! You look at you're a bodyguard for Dan Marino. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How did Devo find that
1: so quickly? That is fake. Look at that. You're getting ready to punch somebody. You're just like, I dare you to take one more step towards Dan Reno. I will take you out.
2: I yeah, like Drago from what, what Rocky was that? Four or I five.
1: don't know which Rocky was, but you're definitely Drago. Dolph Lundgren Spielman. <laughs> that should be your nickname, Dolph.
2: <laughs> they called me, uh, everybody in uh, the scouts called me Otto.
1: Otto. <laughs> Otto Spielman, bodyguard. All line i know right you're uh, except you knew you were getting your picture taken you said let me make sure i stick my gel out so they know that i'm i mean business i tell you what dan dan Renner doesn't look worried he knows he's safe no matter what happens <laughs> you're like the secret service going to jump in front of the bullet say the president man i love it flat top rick <laughs> man that that uh that made my day uh you'll also be happy to know rick that because of cooper cup we won't be talking about puka nakua this segment he didn't make the top five really so Shout out uh, to Cooper uh, unbelievable. unbelievable. Let's start with the quarterbacks here. And look, I'll just lump them all together, and you can talk about them. I have them ranked this way, and I don't think you would necessarily disagree. CJ, number one, again, because CJ is awesome. 20-35, uh, to 249, continues to throw with anticipation, which is ripping posts in the middle of the field with a ton of anticipation time and time again. He didn't care. Um, number two for me is Anthony Richardson, but Anthony can't stay healthy. Got hit on look what looked like a relatively innocuous play but he landed hard on his throwing shoulder and now he's going to be out three to five to six weeks. We don't know. It's um, not great in, in terms of his development. It's good that they have a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew and then finally Bryce young and here's Bryce got better this week, but here's my takeaway. There are two to three plays every game that bite Bryce in the butt and come back to haunt this team had the interception to, to Hutchinson, which is that's just a great play by Hutchinson. Throw Probably the ball in the dirt, maybe.
2: Did uh, catch off by a defensive end on a screen.
1: He's so good, but the other throw you can't make. He he either didn't see the flat defender or he underthrew it. Either way, it was a terrible throw, and that cost him as well. So, three touchdowns. Again, he's throwing with anticipation. Adam Thielen, I thought, did a great job of getting open. Probably the best job so far this season. But talk about these quarterbacks as a whole, where they are developmentally and and what you got going here. Yeah. And by the way, oh sorry, let let me say quickly. Rick has, I mean, Debo has your grades. So you gave Stroud an A minus, Richardson a B plus, and Young a B.
2: Yep. And I think Young is getting better. Uh, he's the third on a list right now. Throwing with more anticipation still does not have great talent around him. I mean, Thielen, uh knows how to get open, but I don't think anyone else is really creating a lot of separation. What he does throw with anticipation, he gets the ball out, made some nice throws, made a great, throw on a touchdown early in the game, or their first touchdown, I believe it was, on a slant route near the goal line, He kind of slid to his left and made a little jump throw. So you see some of the flashes that you've seen at Alabama in the creativity. Uh, He's just still coming along. You can't throw that. It was a cover two or two deep safety, and the corner kind of settled. They had a flat route, and then they had a flag route or a seven route right behind the flat route. The corner sat in the middle. He didn't see that, so that was a poor decision there. But the only thing I'll say, when he does make those poor decisions, he learns from those mistakes because he hasn't thrown an interception in the middle of the field since the two he yeah. threw spates. So he didn't have, to my knowledge, any fumbles this game, where it cost him probably two games with ball security in a pocket. I don't know. And then you know, Hudson made a great play, and that was a poor decision versus a shell coverage or too deep safety look. Uh, that he has to know that corner can sink back into that uh, little corner route uh, that they were trying. That he was trying to sneak in there. So let me
1: let me ask you this about the Carolina Panthers in general. Number never First of all, the offensive line continues to struggle. I keep watching Icky Kwanu. Just he's having rough patches, and I don't want to call him. out. For young <laughs> But it just hasn't happened yet consistently because they lost Chandler Zavala uh, with this pretty serious injury, but he flew back with the team. So hopefully he'll be healthy um, sooner rather than later. But overall, Frank Reich said after the game that he has to meet with the owner every Monday, and they're not fun meetings. They're 0 5 right now. You've never had to navigate that with that sort of ownership. But what do you imagine? I mean,
2: we had meetings every Monday night afternoon with the ownership, myself and the, the head coach.
1: So were those meetings ever uncomfortable? And if so,
2: oh, yes, very. W-
1: what, what do you so what is Frank Reich supposed to say? Is I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, the, we suck. I understand it, uh, Mr. Tepper, but here's what we're going to do
2: you explain what's going on, why it's happening, why this is happening, and but also what you see and what you envision as it's improving through the year. You know, the one thing you want to make sure owners, which is tough to do, is because they're successful businessmen for a reason, is just. Have patience. It's coming, but it's taking longer, uh, and it's going to take some time as we continue to build this roster. But I would also emphasize the highlights and some of the stuff that he is doing positive.
1: So, what if the owner says, "You promised me this in the interview. I'm not seeing it. You keep saying it's going to happen. When is it going to happen?" Because I'm I'm paying a lot of money for X, Y, and Z.
2: Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> the owner has to be on board too, because I'm sure you had those conversations is that where we're at this is where I envision us being but you know uh, Detroit was one in six for the last two years under Dan Campbell but they were explaining their vision and how it was going to get better and finally it clicked in last year it actually clicked in Dan Campbell's uh first year where they won some games down the stretch four out of five I believe Yep. Then it started out slow in his second year, 1-6, and six, and then they had the incredible run at the end, almost got into the playoffs. This year, now it's in the third year of the program. Now look at where they're at and, and how they're playing ball right now. So it's not a quick fix. There's no pixie dust out there. You have to go through the growing pains. But the positive is, is that when you see mistakes being made, and let's say Bryce is making those mistakes, that is he, excuse me, Bless you. Is, is he learning and growing from those mistakes? And I believe he is. Now he'll make a new mistake, but then <laughs> let's see if he learns from that new mistake. Right. So those aren't fun and meetings. Sometimes you have to make mistakes in order to grow from those mistakes.
1: Yeah. Sounds like you got a list of things you got to say to make sure everyone's on the same page when things aren't in it. Now, You're not in the same box as the owner watching the game, or are you?
2: No, I didn't. Not with the one ownership group. I won't mention I was with other ownership group. No, I had my own box. Yeah. But I took a note every play. Right. Because I knew that more than likely I was going to get a call on Sunday nights. (laughs)
1: Uh, By the way, you you mentioned... um, Bryce not making the Jesse Bates mistakes that he made in that week one game. And Jesse Bates almost had an interception against CJ Stroud. CJ had two turnover-worthy plays. One was a batted ball at the line of scrimmage, I think by Bud Dupree. And the other one was thrown in the middle of field. Uh, Look, he threw with anticipation because CJ always seems to, but Jesse drove on the ball and almost picked it off. And those are the first two times that I can remember off the top of my head where CJ almost got himself in trouble. Still hasn't had a turnover yet in the form of interception. So, Still doing great things. Zero sacks this week, zero sacks last week. They got Titus Howard back there, their offensive tackle. That's great news. But I think you have to remain impressed yes, with what he's doing.
2: Russell was back this week, wasn't he? No? I think
1: so. I think so. I'll double check. But
2: yeah, but the other thing too is what made CJ Stroud an A or an A minus for me was that throw he made down the seam to get the game where uh, at the end, I think there was a minute and some left in the fourth quarter showing that he can take the offense down the field and then threw a beautiful seam route. I think it was to Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Uh, yep. That uh, it, And did his part to help them win the game, but they ended up not winning in the end. Yeah, great route by so Schultz on that. Ritter. Where did Ritter come from this week?
1: I haven't gone back and watched it, but I heard that he played pretty well. Yes, he did. He's great at home. Maybe that's the trick. You got to just tell him he's in Atlanta every day
2: undefeated at home defeated on the road
1: <laughs> defeated that's right i think he's five and oh and oh, oh and four right now um and the other thing about dalton schultz you mentioned he had that that touchdown at the end there they seemed not to be on the same page early they're they're getting the connection going now yes, Tank got hurt he had a concussion on it was a great throw by cj a bit underthrown, but it was on the run 20 something yards down the field and it looked like tank hit his head on that play and i don't think he came back in the game so we'll see where he's at but uh, a credit to that organization for what they're able to do, even though they did lose that game. And then finally, Anthony Richardson. I mean, you see, you saw some of the misses with the lasers. You saw some of the connections with the lasers. And you saw he only ran the ball twice. They had eight running plays, I think, called when he was on the field for the quarter and a half. Two running plays. One was a quarterback draw, and one was the sort of uh, option to the right where he got crunched. So it's not like they're running them 50 times a game. I just think it's unlucky.
2: Yeah, no, and he fell directly on that shoulder. That is an extremely painful injury uh, when you get that AC joint sprain. There's different levels: one, two, and three. Sounds like if they put him on IR, that it was a three, and your blown here at the at your joint, your AC joint actually pops up. Ugh. that's not. It doesn't need surgically repaired, uh, but it takes time. Especially if you have a third-degree AC joint sprain, that'll take time uh, to heal. And it is a very painful injury, especially for a quarterback on his throwing shoulder. Derek Carr, two weeks ago, tried to play through it. I don't think his was grade three, but he couldn't throw the ball down the field. So they tried to create a game plan uh, where he's going to hit a lot of shots underneath. And then last week, he looked better because that has improved, but it wasn't. And they were
1: playing the Patriots.
2: Yes, and (laughs) it's not as significant, uh, I think, of an A.C. sprain as uh, that we just saw uh, Anthony Richardson take.
1: So, again, let's go back to the owners' meetings on Mondays, and they say, all right, this guy's been hurt three times in four games. What do we have to do differently?
2: Well, the one thing I noticed is on that quarterback draw as he's not trying to truck through people. We actually slid. That's a good call. And that was just an unfortunate accident. The way he got tackled, that first thing to hit the ground was his shoulder. So all that weight went down on his shoulder. Um, but it's you know, is it is it a pattern because he wasn't hurt in college? I don't recall any durability issues. And is this just something that's just happening now? But I don't think it'll continue through his career. That's yet to be determined.
1: Yeah, it sucks because um, it's exciting when he's on the field. But, again, they do have Gardner Minshew, so that's certainly a pretty good backup plan. But it was fun to watch while those guys were out there. They're getting better. CJ's at the top, but Anthony and and Bryce are improving each and every week, and hopefully AR5 gets back out there pretty soon. All right, going to take another quick break, then we'll talk about our top five rookie performances of the week after this. All right, Rick, let's talk about these top five rookie performances. Number five, my guy. Picked 32nd overall, top of the second round, Joey Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State, went to the Pittsburgh Steelers where his dad played forever. Uh, do you know, off the top of your head, how many career interceptions Joey Porter Jr. had at Penn State? Maybe one. I don't know. Maybe one. He had one.
2: Yeah. Didn't
1: have one his final season. And that was one of the knocks on him that we would talk about. He's He doesn't have ball skills. Had one in preseason. Had a huge one late in the fourth quarter against Lamar Jackson uh, in coverage against Odell Beckham. And it was an example of, and the, one of the concerns going to call that with Joey Porter coming out is that he wasn't, he was a little stiff in terms of transitioning. It didn't matter. Cause he just boxed out Odell Beckham on that throw. Lamar basically threw it right to him and allowed the Steelers to come back and drive down and win that football game. Uh, what'd you see from um, Joey Porter jr. Who in limited snaps seems to be doing pretty well. And a note from Debo Passer rating allowed this season on 86 naps for JPJ 0.0. 0.
2: Yeah, I know, but he hasn't been targeted on 86. <laughs> yeah, naps, I know, he's Debo. leading, <laughs> Debo. So look at the targets, but he We're the
1: game, Debo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you guys go behind your magic curtain back there with all the smoke in the. Uh, I am Oz. I am Oz.
1: <laughs> all right, go ahead on, on JPJ.
2: Uh, But he did a great job getting his head back around so he didn't get a pass interference where some of those young corners may panic a little bit in that situation. And the other thing, uh, when he was in there, that was the only target he had his way that game. And the other thing was that he is being very physical and run support when he gets his opportunities. So I think that he should start to get more and more play time as the season goes along because it seems like. Every time he is out there, he ends up making a play.
1: It is. I noticed on the plays that went to the other side of the field, he was still pretty handsy in coverage, like well beyond five yards. And I wouldn't have been surprised had he gotten flagged. He didn't. But as you know, it's a simple fix. But if you you get away with it, I guess you keep doing it until they tell you otherwise. Yep. All right, number four, Josh Downs. Um, I'm still waiting for Alec Pierce to show up in Indianapolis He has yet to do so, and hopefully that happens for him. They have, of course, uh, Michael Pittman. But Josh allen has been a pleasant little surprise there in the middle of the field. Six targets, six catches, 97 yards. Uh, He has some juice in the open field, and you sort of see that. And sometimes it's hard when guys play in the slot, and we talked about it with some of the college guys in the previous segment. If you're just running stop routes, it's hard to tell what you're good at. But they're finding ways to get Josh the ball and let him win with his legs.
2: Yeah, no, I think. Uh, Shane Steichen has done a great job. They're getting him on deep crossing routes. Uh, They're getting him on a lot of underneath routes. He has the speed to separate man coverage. He's a good route runner. Very elusive after the catch. Not very strong after the catch, but very elusive. And he seems to be not uh, Alec Pierce. And I don't know if you liked him or not. We didn't do this podcast back then. Um, And I was actually still employed back then. Yeah, you
1: had a real job back then. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but he seems to be the uh, guy that's getting the best separation down the field right yeah. now and given not only him, but uh, Minshew opportunities to make some explosive plays down the field besides Pittman.
1: Yeah. He converted that third and 16 on sort of a over slash scramble drill. And Anthony Richardson threw a laser. Anthony Richards is the only person on planet earth. that can throw a 40 yard handoff. Like it just feels like he can, when he's on it's on. So yeah. Good afternoon for Josh Downs. He makes the top five. Number three, uh, similar-sized receiver receiver physically, but he lines up outside all the time. Nine targets, six catches, 64 yards. He's been on this list several times this year. The Vikings' first-round pick uh, out of USC by way of Pitt. Jordan Addison, again, he's getting open in small areas. If you don't get your hands on him, he's going to create separation early in the route, and then it's just a matter of Kirk Cousins having time to get him the ball, and sometimes Kirk has not had that time.
2: No, and the biggest thing that jumped out about him uh, is he separated in the back of the end zone on his one touchdown. But he had two big third-down conversions, and on a fourth and five, he ran an option route uh, or a return route where he came in and broke it back out and separated from the coverage uh, and, and made the play. So he's getting better and better every week, but they're really going to need him to step up, especially with the news coming out today. Uh, mm. That Justin Jefferson is going to be on IR with a hamstring.
1: Yeah, bad news in Minnesota. And that takes us to number two in the list. And that's bad news in Miami. Devine Achan is going to be out for, for a few weeks with a knee injury. Um, This dude was legit in the running for offensive player of the year, averaging what, 12 plus yards per carry uh, over the season. And against uh, the Giants, there were no answers at any point in that game they had for him. 11 rushes, 151 uh, touchdown, and just had, thankfully, one reception for the Giants defense for 14 yards. But I don't know how you slow him down in this offense, and the only way, apparently, is by injury. Because we saw him, like, again, at Texas A&M. He can run between the tackles. They get him the ball in space on these end-arounds, and it's a wrap. They give him these little touch passes. That was a 14-yard, uh, quote-unquote, catch that he had. How do you stop someone like Devon A
2: Well, I think Mike McDaniel is doing a great job scheming their offense to what this kid does, and that's getting him out in space, whether it's a jet sweep, whether it's sliding him in the slot and giving him a little, you know, toss reverse behind the line of scrimmage and just let him go do what he has a God-given gift of being fast. And Mm -hmm. there's no question that he is fast. And the things that you see, he runs through contact for a little guy, just like you've seen him do in college and he makes that offensive line better because they don't have to hold the blocks very long because if they just give him a crease for a second, he is gone and through that crease. So uh, he's making the offensive line better. So it'll be a, a, a pretty significant loss for him and hard to believe that he wasn't able to get up and be a he was a healthy scratch week one, I believe, against the L.A. Chargers.
1: That's right. We weren't even talking about him. And don't worry, though. They have Chase Claypool. He will pick up the slack. And Looking look forward to that. Looking forward to you, me too. So is Chase. That would be something if Chase comes out and gets 1,500 receiving yards. Uh, we shall see. But, again, they were down Jalen Waddle after concussion, and people forgot Jalen Waddle was on the team. That team played so well.
2: Yeah, whatever you want to call him, Mike McDaniel, the mad scientist or whatever, the, very quirky but very brilliant and coming up with ways to scheme guys that are going to be playing. So does Wilson come off IR Is Wilson play now? Because he's a pretty good running back. But that was a pretty big blow for an explosive playmaker to Miami's office, offense. But not really too concerned about it because they seem to have an answer every time they have one of the, maybe their key guys missing.
1: I can't recall a head coach looking less like a head coach than Mike McDaniel and being so incredibly good at his job. Don't judge a book by its cover, Rick. I think that's a lesson yeah, That
2: was uh, – what was it? He had a great quote this week. I love listening to some of his press conference. Cause I think he said
1: they, he, what his goal for the season was to be dominating the first five weeks of the season or something like that.
2: Yeah. So first from a statistical standpoint, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> basically referring to it. Well, no, no one cares about the wins. We just wanted to be. Yeah. He said
1: mission accomplished. That's exactly yeah. what he said. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's smart too. Like, you know, obviously he went to, where do you go? pen prison prison guy?
2: Uh, I can't remember. I remember talking to him at the, uh, uh, I was down there.
1: You talked to me Alabama pro
2: day, yeah, which was funny.
1: Uh, you said you were you were mad at him because he didn't talk to you at practice. He said, I "Yeah, was coach- I, I was going
2: coach- to talk to you at practice, but apparently coaching is more important than talking <laughs> to me, So, found out I was as big of uh, sarcastic uh, comments as he has as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, he went to Yale. Debo informs me. The uh the Princeton of Connecticut, I think, is how they refer to themselves. All right, number one on the list. Debo's guy, Jalen Carter, 39 snaps, four tackles, two sacks. And they line him up all over that defensive line from zero to five technique. And I would imagine watching him over the center, um, the center looked like he was a kicker next to Jalen
2: Carter. And among boys.
1: It is crazy. So Steve Avila, shout out to Steve Avila, who we talked about a lot last year. Uh, their draft pick out of TCU. I thought he held his own at times. Alaric Jackson was playing left tackle. You know, he was holding on for dear life. Coleman Shelton was the center who looked like he weighed 135 pounds soaking wet, and he got after uh, Shelton a few times. I'd never seen this before. He beat Shelton into one a gap with a swim move and came back and beat him to the other A gap on the same play with this the reverse swim move and got into the backfield. I think he hit Matthew Stafford in that play. Uh, all right, let's start here. What what what's not like not what's not to like about Jalen Carter? That's good.
2: It's hard to poke holes in his game the way he's playing right now. And as much as he's shown up as an inline pass rusher, he has been very good at the point versus the run because he's playing uh, with heavy hands, playing with leverage, can find everything that you've seen on tape, you're seeing translate to the NFL. And so the other thing that was a knock on him, and I criticized him and someone pointed that out to me, was that, well, he doesn't play hard every snap. And we said that same thing about Mozzie Smith, although Mozzie Smith's not in this category. It's because, well, do you ever think they're playing 80 snaps a game when yeah. they're in college? He's playing 39 snaps. He looks fresh. Uh, he's in a. They do a phenomenal job. Philly does a phenomenal job with their defensive line rotation because they have dudes, even behind the dudes that are playing in front of them, <laughs> that are just as good. And when you can keep your defensive line fresh and you have a – true defensive line wave and the coaching staff is disciplined during games to make sure that they keep that wave coming through that's what creates a defense like uh, defensive line like Philly has I've been with too many coaches that you have these guys but yet you're afraid to take one guy or two guys off the field during the game mm. uh, and then you don't get that defensive line rotation, those guys eventually wear down, especially through a 17 game season. So, but Philly is very disciplined with their defensive line and with their rotation to keep those guys fresh and all those guys are very talented as well.
1: Hi, Roseman just just texted Debo and told him that uh, Jalen's only playing 51% of the defensive snaps. That's keep them fresh. Keep them fresh. Man, he's so good. (laughs) And
3: again, all pro all oh. pro, Ryan?
2: No. Uh, well, oh, Rick? Ryan, what did you say at the beginning of the season, Rick? He needed eight sacks? I need as close as 10 that he can get, and he'll be defensive rookie of the year. Well, I think he's one deep. Well, Devin Witherspoon had the week off, so we'll see.
1: But he has to be the front runner.
2: Right now, he would say he is. Not Where that you- this means
3: anything to your brains, but he's minus one seventy-five right now. <laughs> so bet a dollar, you win seventeen okay. million
2: dollars. <laughs> I don't, you bet a dollar, you lose a dollar, one hundred seventy-five dollars because it says minus in front of it. <laughs> I
3: think it's one hundred seventy-five thousand, but yeah, close enough.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, one last question, Rick. When we're doing our gambling cot podcast, there. That's people- <laughs> next.
3: Don't hang up. We're doing it next. Just, just wait for that vision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: boy. You got to take some mushrooms to have a vision for that one, D.
3: Past two years, there's been a rookie all pro, uh, both seasons, Sauce Gardner last ooh, year and ooh. Michael Parsons the year before. Yeah.
1: D- yeah. What about that, Rick?
2: Maybe. That's what, week five?
1: Too oh. early? All
2: right. Yeah. Everybody, okay. Puka is the greatest receiver ever was drafted in the NFL and all the other stuff. Yeah. You guys are bandwagon people. You're on one week. You're off. It. I can't keep track of all the bandwagons.
1: You know what? I'm laughing. <laughs> Through
2: the season. Oh, relax.
1: I'm laughing because all I can think about now is you being Dan Marino's bodyguard, getting ready to beat somebody up. What a great picture. That's one of the best pictures best picture I've ever seen. All right. That's it, Rick. That's it for episode 87. 198 days away. How is that possible? All right. Thanks, as always, to my guy, Dolph Otto Rick Spielman. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Demo for producing. Thanks to all you guys who watch and listen. We'll be back later this week for our live mock Draft show. See you then.